is the Go Blue Crew. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back into the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick, joined by Derek Devine. I uh, hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving weekend. It certainly didn't involve a Michigan win, but hopefully you found a couple things to celebrate and be thankful for. Michigan lost 27-17 to Penn State, and you know, Derek, we both thought Michigan was going to win this game. Looking back, that was uh, obviously not smart, but just another one of those games where you're like, man, that the way they played, not surprising. The result, not surprising. This is just becoming routine, isn't it? Yeah, sadly. And we talked a little bit about, you know, Penn State had, you know, the players and almost were due for a victory and, you know, how fitting it would be for uh, the Nittany Lions to beat Michigan. And that's exactly what happened. And, and we had also talked, I think, either last week or maybe even just off air about you know how I was going to probably miss the game traveling back from Florida and one of the things that I found interesting and the radio broadcast I, I did watch the first part of it on my phone and not while driving of course uh, wifey took over the wheel just for those of you who think, thank you for clarifying yeah 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 thought that'd be thought that'd be smart um ended up taking back over the wheel listened to it on uh, XM radio so you know got the got the Michigan home broadcast and, you know, on TV is where you can really start to notice that, you know, the energy levels aren't there, but man, like even on the radio, and I'm sure there's some people that choose to listen to, you know, radio over um, TV in terms of the broadcasters, at least, um, because some people like that, you know, that biased feel, Jim Brandstatter. Yeah. Um, But like the energy, even from those guys, or just like how they were describing the play on the field was like, it was so apparent that it was another one of those games where Michigan just didn't have it on the field. And it even seemed like, you know, the things they were touching on, like, you know, the energy not being there on the sideline, not being there overall. And just kind of, they, they were like so flustered in the way they were commentating the game as, you know, home team biased announcers and that was a unique perspective because you know i i was thinking that it would it feel different there's usually a little bit of you know more energy um on a radio broadcast from those guys and and even them at the end of it they just kind of felt like they're at a loss of words to like you know well penn state give them credit they played well um and, and michigan once again you know flopped and yeah, I just thought that was an interesting perspective. Usually I'm glued to the TV every single weekend, um, but the radio wasn't any better, obviously, because the the performance on the field, yet again, another week was not any better. Michigan's offense was was horrendous. Uh, 14 first downs, 4 of 12 on third downs, only 286 yards. Hassan Haskins was basically the highlight of the game. He had 101 yards and a couple touchdowns. But I thought the most telling stat from this game was in the turnovers category. Uh, Penn State had no turnovers. And coming into this week, this past week, Penn State's had they had 13 turnovers, all committed by by Sean Clifford um, and and uh, Will Levis, the other the other quarterback. Quarterbacks are responsible for all those turnovers. Uh, Iowa got 24 points off of turnovers against Penn State. And, you know, Michigan has not been a team that that takes the ball away this season. But you just really felt like, given the inconsistencies of Penn State, the struggles they've had at the quarterback position, Sean Clifford has has, uh, not played well this season. 
uh, and has, has been benched. It just really felt like there was an opportunity there for Michigan to, to take advantage of some turnover issues and not once did they force a turnover. In fact, Penn State's offense uh, looked as good as, as it has all season, better than it has all season of 417 yards, 8 of 16, 50% on third downs. It's just everything was going really well, and that just seems to be the way offenses operate against Michigan anymore. Yeah, teams in general too. I mean, you think of Michigan State having seven turnovers against Rutgers and and you know playing the, the cleanest football they've still played all season. Um, you know, they played really well against Northwestern and credit for pulling off a, you know, a victory. Again, Northwestern, a, a team that always seems to find itself not really playing too tough a com- uh, competition and, you know, trickling into the top 15, top 10, maybe when they're not actually a team. But, you know, Mel Tucker has, has done something that um, Jim Harbaugh, you know, has not. And so, I mean, credit where credit's due. But, yeah, I think, you know, same thing with kind of being in the car and watching that first quarter uh, on my phone, uh, just seeing Penn State, you know, first time all season that they score in the first possession. Um, First time they don't allow a touchdown on the first possession from an opposing team. And right then and there, it's like, here we go again. Like uh, turnover free football for the first time all season uh, after terrible, you know, like you said, uh, losing turnover battles every game. And it's just like teams can put it together against Michigan's defense, or, or maybe the defense is really just that terrible where, you know, it's impossible to make a mistake. But teams are playing better football than Michigan right now, and that's why Michigan has four losses. And it seems like a team like a Michigan State and a team like a Penn State, which should have been sure victories, uh, even if Michigan is depleted and, and not playing very well, they just seem to pull it together. And it, I would like to see Michigan do so in a game that's not um, against Minnesota because even against Rutgers, it it took three overtimes. And so maybe it's this weekend against Maryland where you see Michigan pull it together and play, you know, mistake free football and and get it firing on offense or something. But, you know, the season has two games left. One of them is bound to be, you know, horrific, Uh, just an absolute murder. And so this, in my opinion, is your last weekend to do what Michigan State and Penn State did against Michigan and just play clean, um, well-rounded football and and get yourself a win. So the last thing I want to talk about before we go on to Jim Harbaugh and Maryland is Cade McNamara, who was hurt and then uh, came back into the game, but just very obviously, you know, just didn't seem like he had all the the arm strength or was able to go through the proper mechanics to push the ball downfield because Michigan just seemed determined to to move the ball about three yards at a time through the air and it obviously didn't work toward the end he came out uh I mean it's hard to tell it looked like he took himself out the shoulder Harbaugh said was just tightening up on him it made you wonder though like what was he doing in the game the whole time if your offense was really that limited uh, he's the starter for a reason. Joe Milton hasn't worked out uh, this season as we had hoped, but surely uh, getting Joe Milton in there instead of an injured Cade McNamara would have been preferred. And it just was really, really weird to see that that Michigan kept opting to go with the obviously injured quarterback, even if he wasn't uh if, if you know, it wasn't debilitating, obviously. I mean, he was out there and still throwing the ball. It, it just it didn't look right. The fact that they kept Joe Milton on the bench when he was a healthy quarterback, and 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 frankly, Michigan needed 
an offensive spark. They they needed to push the ball downfield, and Cade McNamara, you know, because of his shoulder, just didn't look like he was really able to do that. Yeah, and even when Joe Milton went in, that was, you know, one of the last possessions that I saw on my phone before uh, driving and listening on the radio. But you go in, and you, I think Chris Evans picked up basically nine yards on two carries, um, and then you, you put in Hassan Haskins in, which, you know, kind of made it seem like an obvious rust, and he, and he couldn't convert on third down. Um, you don't even let Joe Milton throw the ball. And so even when he was in there to start, um, it felt like they didn't give him, you know, the opportunity to throw it. Maybe it's confidence related, but yeah. And then going back to, to Cade and then ultimately having, you know, Joe go in for that last um, try for, a, you know, that first down to keep the, the game extended. Um, just, yeah, puzzling. Uh, like I said, that the guys on the radio seem puzzled. Um, I think everybody is just, you know, just so lost in all of this. And I think that's why the conversation has completely turned to, you know, Jim Harbaugh's future at Michigan. I mean, usually in a, in a season where Michigan's playing well, or at least average, you, you know, you see just as many um, articles about, you know, recaps from a win or loss or previews for the next game. And I mean, the whole, whole timeline right now is Jim Harbaugh, this Jim Harbaugh, that, and, and for good reason, uh, because the product we see on the field isn't only bad. Um, this isn't a, a bad football team. This is a, a football team that's, you know, just unplugged, it seems and, like. And, and getting worse. There. And getting worse. Nothing seems to be getting better. And that's and that's where people felt like Penn State was at and why it seemed like, you know, there was hope that Michigan could beat Penn State because it seemed like a team and looked like a team that was tuned out and had already mailed it in for the season. And, you know, with fourth string running backs and quarterbacks that have played messy all season, um, and, and a defense that's been hit or miss, they played really well. And again, I'm just waiting to see Michigan do that. And, and like I mentioned, this is their last weekend to, to do so. Um, and if not, I mean, I think things are only going to get worse, um, you know, and then the whole situation with what happens with Harbaugh. I mean, the longer it takes to, to figure that out, the worst position Michigan's probably going to be in with early signing day and, you know, just the weird 2020 as it is already. Yeah, Michigan, the athletic department is in a really tough spot here because of Jim Harbaugh's contract where he has one year left after this. And I believe he's the only power five football coach to be in that situation. And so, you know, if you extend him, you're committing yourself to, to more than, than just, uh, you know, we're giving you another year. Like it's, it's just a bad timing for Michigan to be crumbling like this and for Harbaugh's contract to be expiring after the end of next season. My personal feeling is, is kind of like these next two games against Maryland and Ohio state. I don't think they matter all that much for Harbaugh's future. I think it's kind of been written um, one way or the other. It just seems like this is the end. And I don't know, I mean, short of a miracle, short of finishing this season, like two and with two wins, and so including over Ohio State and then uh, getting that crossover win and then, you know, playing in a bowl game and getting that, like short of that kind of drastic turnaround, it just feels like this is the end. And I'm, I'm not sure there's much to be salvaged here. I, and I don't know how you feel, but that's kind of the direction I'm going in. Yeah, I mean, I feel that way too. And, you know, I, 
you know, we haven't officially, you know, ever given the Go Blue Crew Wolverine Sounds take. Right. <laughs> it feels like, I mean, it's it's time to to see something else. You don't want to see something else. I don't think anyone wanted, you know, no one obviously wanted this season. No one wanted to see the Jim Harbaugh era, era come to an end, especially in the fashion that it seems to be doing um, just that. I I think for me, it's, you know, I think it started as, well, where do you turn? Um, and now it's more of like, you know, how does, how do they go about this? I mean, there's multiple people, Sam Webb included saying, you know, going into the Penn State game that there was no, um, you know, no reason or, or thought that Harbaugh would be let go or fired. Uh, and if anything were to happen, it would be after the season. And then he kind of put out the new take this week of, you know, now's the time to announce it either way. Um, so if it's a contract extension, you know, get that on the table. And if, if not, then I think the writing's on the wall, even more so than it has already been. But for me, if, if you're not going to fire the guy, um, like, you know, Matt Patricia was fired for the Lions and obviously a lot of Michigan fans, um, are Lions fans and some aren't because the Lions have been terrible. And I understand that too. I'm somewhere in the middle of both of those. Um, (laughs) yeah, you're probably not going to see him get fired. So like you said, if if these two games go bad, I don't think it does anything worse for him. And if they unless they go really well, like you also mentioned, I, I don't think anything gets better. But I am caught now because if what's been reported is true that heading into Penn State there weren't plans to let him go, like they really have made an over the weekend decision to reverse that. And so he's obviously not coaching for his position, in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, will they pull the trigger or how soon will they do it? And then obviously what's the answer after that is where I just feel just stuck. And it's like it's hard to even be excited about the next two games because of that. Yeah, the, I guess the last thing I got here before we talk about Maryland a little bit is if our instinct is right, if if this ride is coming to an end one way or the other, I'm really just sad more than anything else because I keep thinking back to when this all came together and it was like Jim Harbaugh's coming to Michigan. He's going to coach the Wolverines. And it was, it was a great time to be a Michigan fan, even though uh, the Brady Hoke era came kind of crashing down and there was nothing to be excited about. Uh, here came Jim Harbaugh. And, and on top of that, you know, that, that this is, this is absolutely like what Harbaugh wanted he wanted this Michigan job he wanted to succeed at Michigan a place that he loves and you know growing up in Ann Arbor and playing at Michigan like the the feelings we have about whether he succeeds or fails pale in comparison to what he's dealing with I'm sure and so I I really just at the end of the day like I feel sad about the whole situation because I know that for him it's it's got to be so much uh so much worse than the way we're feeling right now yeah, I mean, you don't want, you know, an ending like this potential ending in, in 2020 to to happen to anybody. But, you know, you, you just wonder what that means for, you know, his name being brought up. I mean, from the media, it's, you know, they've always made fun of Jim Harbaugh. It'll never change there. Um, they, they, you know, made fun of the way things ended in the NFL for him. He could very likely go back to the NFL. He's, he's always going to be talked about. For Michigan, I mean, he did a lot of awesome things as a player, and he made a lot of great you know, strides and brought some cool things to the program, even though he didn't deliver, um, you know, 
the greatest record and horrible against Ohio State, not good against Michigan State, really bad in bowls as well. But, I mean, for that first couple of years there where you you had that excitement after a terrible Brady Hoke season, um, you know, you, you saw potential in year one and big blowout against Florida in a bowl game. And, you know, year two, you're a spot away and you still have to go, you know, play Wisconsin in a rematch that year and, and you know, fight your way into the playoff. But, you know, and then there's even the year that I had discussed, um, you know, before we before we chatted about um, the, the year you lose to Notre Dame, first game of the season, rattle off a ton of wins and then get blown out by Ohio State and then ultimately Florida in the bowl game. I mean, there were there have been times that have been up and there's been times that have been down. And unfortunately, it's been really down this year and even beyond that um, in parts of last year. And yeah, I think sad is absolutely the best way to describe it. But this is where Michigan's at. This is, you know, what we have to talk about. And I guess somehow you you look forward to watching Michigan on Saturday, even though, you know, you feel like it's almost like scary how much worse it can become in a situation that already seems brutal. Oh, man, that is exactly right. It is. It's I get a little nervous, you know, turning on the TV and thinking, like, what's going to go wrong this week? But looking at looking at Maryland, uh, two and two team. Uh, took one two in a row against Minnesota and Penn State, and then lost last week to IU. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa's younger brother, uh, Tulia, I believe is how you pronounce that first name, is is quarterbacking Maryland's football team. He's thrown for one thousand eleven yards, seven touchdowns to, to seven picks. I mean, this is a guy uh, not just because of his his last name, but because of like honestly just the way he played early. Uh, got some people excited, including me. I mean, he's just kind of an exciting player to watch. How are you feeling about Maryland? Michigan's a five-point favorite. Uh, ESPN's football power index really likes the Wolverines at, at about 73%. So what are your feelings going into this one? I think when I watched Maryland play Minnesota before we you know, truly knew that Minnesota was not good, um, I felt impressed by Maryland, and it, but it was a similar feeling to a year where they've you know beaten Texas or started really hot five and zero, and then gotten to conference play and just not been there. And so I think Maryland is absolutely a team that can not only beat Michigan but beat up on Michigan, um, just because of how bad um, Michigan's been. And you know, with the talent at quarterback and with you know playmakers on the offensive side. I mean, I'd, I'd say advantage Maryland in this game because of that, because, you know, time and time again, whether it's Rutgers or any of the teams that have blown out Michigan, um, Michigan can't, you know, the defense can't do enough to stop the opponent um, to give them a chance to win outside of really the first game. And, and I just feel like this very much seems like a game Michigan could and maybe even should win. Um, but, yeah, I just don't have a lot of hope in 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 this weekend and I just think there's so many distractions now um I read you know up on uh, an article shared about on ESPN about Jimbo Fisher's uh kind of last year last couple of years in Florida State and Willie Taggart's first year and just players being tuned out because of distractions and, and this and that I mean I can imagine what it's like to to be Jim Harbaugh like you said in, in a position that's um with feelings you know much stronger than any fan would ever have and then players who are just probably so sick of this and wanting to know what their future is going to look like. And it just seems like, you know, a tuned out Michigan team isn't going to beat anybody. And so, yeah, I think Maryland's 
decent. I think they can play really well. I think they can play really bad. But either way, I think they're going to play better than Michigan. All right, I'm going to give you my matchup of the game here. Uh, Michigan's front versus Maryland. Michigan's offensive front versus Maryland's front on defense. But because um, you know, it was so apparent last week against Penn State that the Michigan really struggles in short yardage situations where you need to get a couple yards on the ground and everybody knows you're running the football. Uh, they just really struggle with that. And so I need to see that that Michigan can move the ball on third and two. You can give it to Hassan Haskins and he can get forward for three or four. Like that's the kind of thing It's it's a little thing and it's not going to, you know, probably won't make or break a game. Um, but it, it's something I need to see just to like get a little bit of confidence. Yeah. I, I like that. That's one of the areas I was leaning to. I think they, you know, you see some things with the young inexperienced offensive line that look good. And then other things like needing those yards to keep a drive alive that look bad. Uh, and so, you know, I'm, I'm excited about that group, no matter what the future the coaching staff is. I uh, would love to see Ed Warner be able to stay around no matter what happens, just because I feel like he's done some really awesome things, um, you know, with guys that either weren't expecting to get a lot of time or, um, you know, didn't have the experience. I think that it's a group that, you know, feels like they're uh, extended season away from being able to to pull it together and continue to improve to help out the offense. Uh, so I like that pick for sure. I'm going to go, um, you know, Michigan's wide outs against uh, Maryland's secondary. One of the things that, uh, you know, the Michigan radio guys were so flabbergasted about was why every throw was to the outside and how Michigan didn't utilize the middle of the field at all. And Michigan's gotten torched. Um, by teams using the middle of the field, um, whether it's man or zone that Michigan plays on defense. And, and Penn State found a lot of success uh, throwing over the middle. And so I think this week, uh, just specifically the wide receivers, no matter what happens at the quarterback position, um, can they create space? Can they create plays? You saw A.J. Henning go up and, and snag a great ball. I mean, Ronnie Bell looked okay at times. Um, obviously Giles Jackson missed, um, last week. And so that could have, you know, been really damaging to their game plan, especially when a quarterback goes down because he's obviously a big threat out there as well. But I like to see the wide receivers, um, do something that can really help, um, the quarterback play. Uh, cause you know, as much as a lot of it has been on the quarterback, especially in Joe Milton's final few games as a starter, uh, the wide receivers haven't done a ton to help. And so I'm hoping that they can do something against a Maryland secondary that could easily uh, allow a lot of points through the air. And, you know, kind of taking that a step further really quickly, I am, I, I hope that Josh Gaddis and Jim Harbaugh can draw up something that puts those receivers in better situations because uh, there are times, and last week was an example, where it feels like their production, like what they're able to do and how much they're able to help their quarterback is, is just limited by the, the mere fact that they don't seem to be getting the right calls. They, the, the, the middle of the field, as you said, was never utilized against Penn State. And, and you know, so there's some stuff that, yeah, absolutely, you know, they're going to fall. Uh, those, those woes are going to fall at the wide receiver's feet. But, but I, I, I would like to see Josh Gaddis and Jim Harbaugh try to put those guys in a, in a better position this week and then, and then going forward. My key to the game here, I know this is so tough. It's got to be so tough for these players to like find it in them to keep getting up for games and 
Um, you know, I, I don't really want to sit here and, and say that, that Michigan is an unmotivated team or that they don't care because it, it's not fair to be this far removed from the situation and make those kind of sweeping accusations. But that said, obviously it's got to be difficult to be in their position. And so finding it in yourself to just keep getting up for Maryland and you're thinking, gosh, it's Maryland. Like this is a team we should walk over. And you, you have to find a way to, to, to start a strong finish to the season. I think, you know, that'll be, that'll be a big key to this one. Yeah. I think, you know, similar, I, I think just a key for me is just seeing some energy, um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, guys jumping up and down kickoffs, just something that makes it feel like guys want to be there. Um, uh, someone for the Michigan Daily had uh, made a comment, apparently saw that when A.J. Henning went up and, and made the catch that Jim Harbaugh had to turn to the guys on the sidelines sitting down and tell them to cheer. Um, and I mean, if that stuff's true, um, you know, again, writing's on the wall and looks like it has been for a while about him and where this program's at and how he's lost the, the roster and locker room. But I mean, just, just showing something like some kind of juice that, you know, gets um, each other going on the field and, and gives us something to, to be excited about. Uh, Ronnie Bell's always pretty good at, you know, giving a little bit of a celebration or a first down sign, uh, even if it's something like that. I mean, I, I would take a, you know, a, a Tariq Black type penalty of flexing right. after a first down. Um, you don't want to see, you know, a 15 yard penalty against Michigan in a season where they literally cannot afford to have that happen. But, you know, just something. I, I don't want to see a negative emotion play where you, you have a guy, you know, purposely blindsiding somebody or a personal foul after the play. Um, but, you know, something positive, um, you know, just something that shows that, hey, you know, they might have a little bit left in them uh, this season. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a key because that's something that has been lacking pretty much since the first game of the season. All right. For my prediction, um, I got to get back on the Michigan losing train. We hopped off of it. We both did last week for Penn State. That was foolish. We should have known better. I'm going to take a 25-18 loss to Maryland. I think uh, the spiral continues. And I uh, until until Michigan gets out of this funk, if that happens, I don't think we have any other choice but to just kind of assume that Michigan is going to lose these games. Yeah, uh, right there with you. I, this is probably the first time I picked a loss. Or maybe I did pick a, a loss to um You Wisconsin. picked a loss to Wisconsin, yep. yeah. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think Maryland wins this one. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, 17 to 10. I think a low scoring wow. game uh, where not much happens. Um, I would love to to be a higher scoring game like that, even if it is a loss, because I'd like to see Michigan put some points on the board. But uh, I'm just gonna go with a boring, uninspired Saturday of football. Um, that's my prediction. Okay, well, once again, we have the same spread. So I don't know what's going on there of, of seven points. Um, next week, before the Ohio State game, when we're on here, I'm going to have this all tallied up again like I did a week or two ago and, and get us an update on where we stand with our predictions and um, how far off of these margins we've been. Because, you know, as I remember, it's, it's not been very pretty. And last week definitely didn't help with two two losses for us. So uh if you're prob my guess is you're you're doing well it'll take a pretty dramatic comeback on my part but uh if michigan wins against maryland i'll kind of take that as a sign that 
that dramatic comebacks are in fashion and that I can make a comeback and, and beat even this prediction game we've had running this season. I'd happily lose a prediction game if it meant even one more Michigan win. And I don't even care if they play the that ninth game. I'm starting to think that that doesn't even make sense. Um, you know, for teams that have nothing to play for just because, you know, I think it's better to be cautious in a, in a pandemic ruled world. Um, but yeah, I mean, give me a win against Maryland. Um, something that doesn't, you know, come off as incredibly embarrassing against Ohio state, even though that's asking way too much. Um, and you know, I, I don't like that people have been, you know, kind of celebrating the fact that an Ohio state game could be canceled. It doesn't look like it will be anymore anyway. Um, but I, I'm fine if they don't do the ninth game. I don't, I just don't think that that's going to really benefit really any team, um, outside of the big 10 championship. And you wouldn't do that normally, um, in a season. Um, and yeah, I mean, at, at that point, if you don't have an answer for, for Harbaugh and, and what's happening, then. I mean, that's an even worse situation. And so whether it's Harbaugh's already, you know, moved on or that the answer's uh, finally revealed to us, I just don't see, you know, a ninth game needing to happen. All right, Michigan-Maryland, uh, 3.30 Eastern on BTN this Saturday. Uh, obviously both predicted losses, but maybe we'll be a little surprised. And I can't wait to come here next week and uh, talk about Ohio State with you, Derek. That's going to be a splendid time. Until then, everybody, take care, and go blue. Go blue.